Welcome back to the Welcome Matt's Podcast. I'm Reverend Matt. Oh yeah, I'm regular Matt. <laughs> I forgot, we, I couldn't remember if we were doing that still or not. Yep, and uh, I hope I am coming in through clear. Uh, if I'm not, it's not because of uh, our equipment or any recording software or anything, but it's because my allergies have been just awful. Yeah, I got the sniffles. Yeah, so uh, let's see, maybe growing up in, uh, I don't know, more like city place or something like that. I don't know. For whatever reason, my allergies have always been like kind of bad when I come out to places with a lot of greenery. So I went out, you know, when, when I was in Fresno, it was really bad. Coming to Sacramento, the self-proclaimed uh, city of trees. We're not the city of trees anymore. They, But it was when I was a kid. <laughs> that's that's true. It was up until like the last, I don't know. Year, two yeah. years or something. Because they just painted yeah. over that. Water, yeah, now we're the farm to fork capital. Yeah, but <clears throat> it's been bad, so uh, I apologize if uh, we are sniffing or coughing or sound bad on the podcast. Uh, and so, uh, since uh, not feeling great, but that's okay, that is a part of life, which is uh, what we'd like to talk about today. And so this was spurred by this article talking, uh, let's see, the title was called, Positive thinking has turned happiness into a duty and a burden, says a Danish psychologist. So this is by Olivia Goldhill. It was published in Quartz. Um, and so uh, there is a Danish uh, psychologist who published this book called Stand Firm, Resisting the Self-Improvement Craze. Uh, and like, um, I don't know, I get, one of these days we'll actually read a book that we we've mentioned on the podcast but, you might read a book <laughs> uh this uh this psychologist was saying that um it's very difficult for us to be positive all the time that our emotions should reflect uh, the world and so he says in this quote life is wonderful from time to time but it's also tragic people die in our lives we lose them if we have only been accustomed to being allowed to have positive thoughts, then these realities can strike us even more intensely when they happen, and they will happen. Emphasis is mine, I suppose. Um, but uh, <clears throat> this, I thought, was very important to talk about because uh, it relates to Buddhism in that sense where uh, all of us will inevitably come across times where we're not happy. And although perhaps any spiritual journey, we're always looking for happiness. We're always looking for, you know, that meaning of life or whatever, that ultimately we're not going to find something that will give us an answer to always being happy all the time. And it is kind of a, a trap for us to try to be happy all the time. Um, <clears throat> so kind of just starting with the title of this book uh again you know not ever actually reading it but it's saying you know <laughs> not getting caught up in this idea that we have to be constantly um improving ourselves. so the uh the description of this book it says the pace of modern life is accelerating to keep up we must keep on moving and adapting constantly striving for greater happiness and success or so we are told but the demands of life in the fast lane come at a price. Stress, fatigue, and depression are an all-time high, while our social interactions have become increasingly self-serving 
and opportunistic. How can we resist today's obsession with introspection and self-improvement? In this witty and best-selling book, Danish philosopher and psychologist Sven Brinkman argues that we must not be afraid to reject the self-help mantra and stand firm. The secret to a happier life lies not in finding your inner self, but in coming to terms with yourself in order to coexist peacefully with others. By encouraging us to stand firm and get a foothold in life, this vibrant anti-self-help guide offers a compelling alternative to life coaching, positive thinking, and need always to say yes. <clears throat> so, I mean, I feel like uh, this idea of like self-help and always saying yes and positive thinking it really has been kind of this trend lately mm -hmm. uh with uh what's his name that tony tony danza no no <laughs> not that guy oh. the guy with like the really he's really big he's got like big hands you know what i'm talking about that was the least helpful description i've ever heard no all right tony kukoch no no <laughs> that was also a good one tony stark okay hang on tony, tony robbins that's his name <laughs> I was close. I you, said Tony Romo. Yeah. So, you know, like, you know, he's always saying, like, you know, you got to say yes. And um, <clears throat> when we're looking at uh, finding our, you know, quote unquote inner self, like that all sounds great, you know, like following our passions and stuff. Uh, but like there is this point that's brought up that we have to come to terms with ourselves, Right. I don't know. Have you had any dealing with like... Uh, positive thinking or saying yes or um i don't know that trying to stay away from negativity i guess i don't know about like specifically that i mean i don't feel like i've ever had to or had to say yes or feel like i have to think positively but that's kind of more like not i don't know about not in our culture but like especially like not in our religion to like be i don't know only positive all the time mm -hmm. i think there's like a cultural aspect to it like you were saying but i think a lot of it comes from like social media and stuff like that where like people are curating their lives to make it always look like they're having a good time i mean like if you look at somebody's instagram it's always like them having fun them eating something good them going places and things like that and i don't think that that's like the majority of people's lives i think that's more like a select few moments throughout a month or a year right. that they want to post on there because it reminds them <clears throat> about being like happy. But I don't know. I mean, if you think about like, like even like YouTube where people watch vlogs and stuff, mm -hmm. they're never really sad. It's kind of weird. Sometimes right? because like I, there's, I don't know if it's like clickbait or whatever, but there's the ones where it's like, Oh, you know, like, I broke up with my boyfriend. Or... Yeah, but that's like few and far in between, you know? I think most of them, it's always trying to go out and have fun, do something fun, do something adventurous and things like that. So it creates this, I don't know, false reality where people are always happy yeah, instead it, of instead of like how they actually feel every day. It's true. And there's, there seems to be, uh, I mean, like what you were saying, how it's few and uh far in between because of that they become the i don't know more clicked on ones i suppose because it's like happy happy, right. happy 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 and then sad and yeah. then it's like oh like why is this one different yeah and then they... or like or also it's kind of more like oh what like what happened right 
Like, how could this happen? You guys were so happy. But there's right. nothing, but you don't ever see, like, behind the scenes. Exactly. So then it, it always comes as, like, a shock to people, right? Mm-hmm. Then they're, like, breaking down everything. It's like, whoa, how they look so happy? Like, how could they be sad? Like, yeah. Of course they're sad. Everyone's sad mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I mean, it, it kind of, this article kind of caught me because I really bought in, I guess, to this whole, like, self-improvement or, like, self-help yeah. uh, craze, like, the, the idea that... Um, I don't know. I could find answers to like better myself that were in a book. <laughs> you know, it was really appealing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think we should, or at least I should, um, put down books too much because books are important. You know, they say it's a great way to learn to grow, of course, but it and it's kind of almost uh, hypocritical for this guy to be like, oh yeah, like it's not answers aren't in the books. But read this book. <laughs> read this book about how books are bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, there, I think there's definitely, like, a lot of potential there to help people as well. But, like, it isn't uh, – you can't read just one book or go with, like, just one, right. one mantra or something or having this feeling. Uh, the one thing that I remember is, like, um, that Jim Carrey movie. That yes, man. man. Yeah. I was just thinking about that when you were first started talking about it. Yeah. yeah. So, like, and how he has to say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. And it does. It opens up his life, right? Yeah. But then you realize, oh, I can't live like this all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, I suppose. But uh, <laughs> wasn't that pretty obvious? <laughs> if you if you know anything about like story arcs, <laughs> you would probably realize <laughs> that pretty quick. Yeah. But I don't know. I think more so that say like I guess what you were saying, like saying yes and just thinking positively in general. Mm. It if we do it every day or feel like we have to feel happy every day it becomes more of a chore to feel that way as opposed to maybe like taking the opportunities in life to see life in a positive way absolutely uh and uh that's that's what we want to stay away from is Mm -hmm. having happiness to feel like a burden to feel right yeah because overall i mean i don't think the idea that thinking positively is a bad life choice i think it's good to like have a optimistic outlook on life i guess but there is there is a point where it's too much and if you're closing off all your other emotions or feeling worse about yourself because you're not happy then that's when it becomes a problem right and so uh that that brings up this one thing where it it have in the workplace uh t-mobile um, lost to the National Labor Review Board um, <clears throat> in a ruling that determined that employers cannot force employees to be consistently cheery. Mm. So uh, there was research done or whatever that said that um, if your employees are happy, then you will be more profitable. So these companies try to spend lots of money ensuring their employees are happy. And it's not because they want their employees to be happy. Mm. It's because they're trying to make that money. Uh, <laughs> it's not true happiness. Right. And so like they're like forcing their, their employees to be happy. And when you start doing that, then it becomes actually detrimental. So uh, the, the, this Danish psychologist Brinkman, he says, when you engage with people and you work in teams, then these personality traits become much more important. That's why we put more emphasis on them because we want to exploit humans and their emotional lives. I think this is the dark side of positivity. 
our feelings tend to become commodities. And that means we're very easily alienated from our feelings. So we almost like separate mm-hmm. uh, our, our feelings from who we are as people. And by doing that, then uh, it can be taken advantage of by companies. But even more so, we, uh, by divorcing ourselves from that, end up harming ourselves when we think that it's separate from us and that we can like control it mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I think I think we have to realize that they, that we have so many emotions because, I mean, as people, we're just complex. I think even we don't understand all our, you know, internal emotions all the time, that it takes a while to figure that out. But, I mean, to me, there's no problem with maybe not being unhappy. I don't know if that's the right word. But, like, feeling things like stress like mm-hmm. or struggle, I don't think – there's anything wrong with that because we feel that in our everyday lives. Right. And I don't know. It's just a part of life kind of, especially like with school, I think in particular for like being in college and it's hard because you're finding that balance. So it's hard to imagine yourself being like what you would consider happy all the time just because there's so much obligation in your life. Well, yeah, absolutely. And so to, to kind of go back to this uh, article, um, uh, Brinkman says that self-help books, uh, they teach people to find happiness, encouraging harmful perspectives. And so the underlying idea that anyone can make themselves happy implies that unhappy people are to blame for their own misfortune, which is not true, of course. Right. But uh, uh, this, uh, this article concludes um, saying that ultimately negative emotions play an important and healthy role in how we understand and react to the world. Guilt and shame are essential to a sense of morality. Anger is a legitimate response to injustice. Sadness helps us process tragedy. And happiness is great, too, just not all the time. So, like, as you were saying about uh, college, you know, we deal with stress and stuff. And that's important. If we aren't stressed, if we aren't worried about, you know, a test, then we're not going to try to study. If we're not worried about a paper, we're not going to put the time and effort into it. If we aren't unhappy with the D that we got, then we're not going to try to do better next time. You know, if you're happy with everything all the time, then you don't put in that kind of effort or work. You don't try to strive harder. Um, you don't get the best out of you. But at the same time, right, you don't want to be so stressed that you can't function. You don't want to be so unhappy that you go into depression. Like, yeah. there has to be this balance. There's a there's a time and place for happiness, a time and place for, like, stress and unhappiness. But, again, you have to, like, constantly be kind of mediating it. You can't go to one extreme or the other. Yeah, I think you're just, you're, what you're saying is, like, our emotions have to be fluid mm-hmm. with the situation because everything is always constantly changing and, you know, life situations happen where, like, loss comes out of nowhere and you have to be willing to you know accept that as emotion as your emotion of sadness or anger or however you process it mm-hmm. yep we can't uh we can't force it I, you know again we kind of talking about this mm-hmm. a lot but we can't force it and so um there's this um article another article also uh from courts but it goes back if i go back to like the workplace setting <clears throat> it says that there's a correlation with faking positive emotions and heavier alcohol consumption. <laughs> so, so it says why faking positive emotions at work can lead to heavier alcohol consumption. So looking at certain um, service jobs, right, where you're interacting with other people and the customers, and of course with the customers, you have to be happy with them. You have to be positive with them. 
um, and uh, the impact of kind of forcing it or faking yourself to be happy, it what they found was that there was a correlation with people who drink heavier. And so obviously there there isn't a you know one to one ratio or like you can say that there's a correlation uh, because of a then B, right that automatically if you have to fake emotions then you're gonna drink more. But there is something to be said about how, having to put on that face all the time uh, really starts to take a detrimental effect on uh, who you who you are and like how you react afterwards. Um, <clears throat> there was an exception, however, where trends like occupations like being a nurse, where emotional labor is high, but employees typically feel fulfilled by their work uh, while they, amplify or fake their emotions they're doing it to like comfort a patient or something or build a strong relationship which is different from faking emotions from a customer that you'll never ever see again so there there you know like there are some jobs where people fake it but it doesn't have the same effect and it's because of uh the i guess fulfillment in your life whereas if you don't have any kind of if you don't have any kind of like uh fulfilling feeling within yourself uh, at work then uh, you end up, I guess, processing or uh, coming to terms with that control over your emotion in a more uh, negative way. I don't know. Have you, I mean, like, I'll, so I'll talk about it in a second, but, like, have you felt uh, any, I don't know, I don't know about specific time, but, like, a time where you were especially, like, exhausted after, like, having to fake emotions? You mean every day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> well maybe <laughs> no i mean i don't know i think there is like an exhaustion of having to like put on a face especially because you know how it is when we were in like college yba and things uh, like that uh-huh. just like having to i don't know be nice to everyone even if you're like tired or stuff like that like especially when we're running conferences and stuff mm-hmm. it's like you have to keep the calm face you have to keep a happy face but in the background things are going wrong and you're like putting out fires all over the place. Yeah. It, I think it's just more stressful and it adds to that stress of like not being able to display your true emotions because mm-hmm. you're just trying to like make sure everyone else is feeling good. So then by the time you're done, you're just like, oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. It's finally over. Right. You go home and just sleep forever. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously everyone deals with um, exhaustion or, you know, emotional release in different ways. Mm -hmm. Right. So some people go to heavy drinking. Some people sleep. I take naps. Take naps. Yeah. I mean, you know, you could do, uh, I don't know, go for a run, like Mm -hmm. whatever. But everyone, uh, if you have that kind of emotional kind of buildup and you're like pushing it down, then you got to release it some way. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it ends up being released in certain ways. And so. I don't know. For me, like, um, I definitely am exhausted. Like after, after Sunday service every, every week. <laughs> so like, I, I have to like put on a face and be nice to people, right? I can't always express, um, you know, if I'm unhappy or don't like somebody or something. Like, <laughs> I just I can't do it. But like, as it was saying, you know, it's there's some jobs that are fulfilling. In my job, I'm lucky that it's very fulfilling for me um, when I do have to. I don't know amplify my emotions i suppose to be more personable um it is tough when it's something that 
seems like kind of pointless to me or mm-hmm. something. If yeah. I go to someone's like, I don't need to be here. And then I come home and I'm just exhausted because I have like, to pretend like I'm excited to be someplace. You mean like those board meetings? <laughs> it's okay. None of them listen to this podcast. They can't I, figure it out anyways. And actually, like, I feel like at the board meetings, we're pretty honest that none of us want to be here, <laughs> but we have to be here. Yeah. So like, at least at that point, we don't have to like emotionally really fake anything. Yeah. So then I guess, I guess for you, is there like an, a way or you were saying like there is sometimes when you feel... I don't know, ener- not, maybe not energized, but feel okay with having to amplify your emotions. Uh-huh. Like, do you think, because I guess as a song member and not as a minister, there is like a sense of, I don't know if it's like camaraderie or like community during like funerals uh-huh. and things like, or more so during like the Otoki. Cause it's like, it's like a time of loss, but everybody is coming together and like sharing their stories or like their I guess good memories, but not really in like a happy way, if right. that makes sense. It's right. more of a, yeah. like, it's more empathizing with people. Right. I think more so than like trying to make them feel happy. Like, do you feel that way when you're kind of trying to amplify your personality to like help those people or? um, I don't, let's see. I I suppose I try to extend myself a little more to understand People, you know, especially if I did not know the person who passed away. Right. So that's kind of tough. But uh, I I try to meet the people uh, where they are. And so I guess in that sense, you know, I'm, I'm kind of amplifying my own emotions because I'm not um, sad for myself that this person passed away. But I am sad for the family. And, right. uh, you know, when they, they share their memories or something, I can definitely relate. And so... Um, I try to, I suppose, like amplify my feelings that way to try to feel what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so that's like kind of part of it, but I don't feel like I'm, uh, I suppose faking it cause I'm right. genuinely trying to mm-hmm. like feel for them. Yeah. Uh, and let's see, it doesn't, so I suppose that doesn't really like exhaust me as much. Uh, obviously, um, dealing with really heavy emotions can take a toll. Right. Um, but in a different anyone. way. Yeah. But in a different yeah. way. So it's, it's a different kind of exhaustion. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't go home and like, you know, be like, oh man, I need to start drinking. Cause yeah. like, you know, right, cause right. of what, of what happened. But it's more like, oh man, like that was, that was pretty rough. I need to just kind of like <laughs> sit with myself for yeah. a while. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know. I do feel like there's like the sense of coming together in terms of like a family that experiences loss in the mm-hmm. same way they experience like coming or maybe like a wedding where like people are oh, like yeah. coming together in a happy way. Like there's that feeling of closeness to your family that you experience then that you kind of get the same sense of during a funeral or something like that. When somebody in your family has passed away, it's like, I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain, I guess it's kind of just, I don't know that feeling of family yes in that way so like in that way i feel like we don't necessarily need to be happy to create connections or i don't know have to feel like we have to be happy with our family all the time but it's more coming together when they need it yeah and and the the connections part you were talking about i think is very important i think that the the problem one of the big problems with faking emotions is uh, that it is not conducive to 
that to creating relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Like real relationships. Exactly. Because yeah. if you're faking it, then you, you have these like fake relationships mm-hmm. and that's not that's not good at all. And and it's this kind of like terrible phenomenon that happened on uh social media like Facebook and stuff where like how many friends do we have that we aren't like actually friends something. with? Yeah. I've been like friends with 10 of them. Yeah. So like that, that kind of idea where we're like, Oh, we're supposed to be friends. Yeah. We have to be friends. Mm-hmm. You have to be nice. And yeah, like that kind of thing where it, it takes a toll on you without the, uh, added, I don't know, not benefit, but the good outcome, you know? Right. 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 With like, uh, the, the funeral, there's like that catharsis, like afterwards. That's, yeah. That's what it is. And then yeah. like the, with like a wedding, you know, then you, you share in that happiness and mm-hmm. it's because, uh, all of you are there genuinely because you care. Right. Right. But then if you're with these people who you genuinely do not care about <laughs> and you have to pretend that you care about them, mm-hmm. then it's this huge burden because you don't get any kind of, again, not reward, but yeah. that, that, sense of mm-hmm. community that sense of connection so i don't know i like it's it's true that it's important to have those real relationships because mm-hmm. if you don't have them then you end up apparently drinking heavily yeah i i feel bad because i feel like for me i'm just more on the optimistic side anyways mm-hmm. so for me like yeah i do feel sad or stressed out or overworked at times or feel like there's kind of an obligation to help people like, especially at the temple and things like that. But for me, I do feel like for the most part, I do see life in a positive way, which I don't know that that's fair because I can't expect everyone else to experience life that way. And I don't, I just feel like there is a definite like stigma behind, I don't know, just being sad or like even people with like depression, I think, because it's, it's, it is hard to, always see life in a positive light. Yeah, and I share that with you in that I'm generally more positive, although I'm probably more like robot and I'm just always like <laughs> no emotion. So it doesn't like affect me as much. Yeah. Uh, but you uh, definitely uh, hit on something too about depression and how there's still this um, negative image mm-hmm. that it carries mm-hmm. that, you know, you shouldn't be depressing. Yeah. And... I mean, like, you know, we kind of make fun of it with, like, Saturday Night Live and Debbie Downer and how... Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's so it's, funny. It's hilarious, but... But that, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't be like that idea. a joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it shouldn't be a joke. There's, there's people there who, like, really, it's hard for them to see the positive mm-hmm. things in life. And But, it, I mean, it's true that it, it, it does kind of take a toll on you if you're around someone who's negative all the time. Yeah. And that's hard. But yeah. at the same time, you know, if, if it's a problem, we should, like, try to help to fix it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you're, you're absolutely right also that we can't ask everyone to be positive all the time or be positive yeah. um, like us or anyone else, right? It's, it's, like, too much to ask. But then to – it's up to each person to really look right. at themselves and recognize that um, if they want to feel like a certain way or something, that – they have to, as this, you know, Daniel Sakaj was saying, kind of come to terms with themselves to understand who they are, the emotions that they feel, and why. And so I think this is um, a great uh, corollary to Buddhism, where uh, Buddhism really is the study of like ourselves. Mm-hmm. And you know, they always say like no self, no self, no no soul, whatever. But like, it's recognizing who who we are, and when we find yeah. out who we are it really uh, liberates us because we stop trying to be someone mm-hmm. who we're not. 
And I don't know. It's it's tough for me to say that because I'm sort of an advocate for like fake it till you make it because like I was able to get like self-confidence and and stuff in like middle school by modeling it. And then all right, so I don't remember if I talked about this on a podcast before, but um or or like in a talk or something. But if I did then whatever. I guess people remember it. Uh <clears throat> but um I was really shy and like timid uh growing up and I suppose I still am to a certain extent now, but I was able to come out of my shell by, you know, quote unquote, like faking it until I made it that kind of like faking it. And so I would see uh, the other kids that were outgoing, that were popular and following their model. I tried to do the things that they did or say the things that they said, act the way that they acted. And by doing that, I felt like I was able to, uh, get the same kind of like self-confidence that they exuded anyway so like one example was how they would joke around about how good looking they were and so like that was like a fun thing for me to do with people was to you know kind of make fun of like oh yeah you know like it's hard being me because uh get distracted by all these mirrors how good looking i am so it's like just like stupid stuff like that you're the worst yeah <laughs> but like you know when you're a 13 year old kid you think it's like hilarious right and so like doing stuff like that and i don't know i i thought it was funny i thought other people thought it was funny when i'm sure like all of the you know adolescent girls were just like oh god this idiot <laughs> they're just rolling their eyes yeah. <laughs> but like it it allowed me to almost like play a part until I felt the confidence enough to actually like feel that way, mm-hmm. you know, like, Oh, you know what? Maybe I am hot stuff. Like, right. I don't know. That, that kind of feeling. Or you just kind of talk yourself into feeling that way. Exactly. You know so like, I get where you can try to like model some kind of behavior and then eventually start feeling it, but it's not, I don't know. You can't solve all your problems that way. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, again, like, you know, can't advocate for just one way, one thing. And that's right. like the answer. Cause like you have to work everything to uh, a good balance, I suppose. Yeah. I think, I don't know. Cause when you're talking about like fake it till you make it, I think for me, I think it, it works in terms of like helping you kind of like, see life in that way but then Mm -hmm. it's like learning when to apply it correctly Mm -hmm. you know especially with positive thinking i just think that like this i don't know burden of constant positivity comes from us being unwilling to talk about how we actually feel Uh and feel like oh well if everyone else seems like they're happy then i should seem like i'm happy Uh in that way but i think kind of going back to what you're saying about like about buddhism and like us learning about ourselves in that way. It's that we need to become more fluent in our emotions and be able to communicate that with other people because there is like, um, I don't know. I think people all go through ups and downs in their lives and there are people that will like understand where you're coming from, even if they aren't going through it in that exact moment, but maybe they went through it before. It's kind of that same thing, but I don't know. I wonder if like maybe sometimes it's out of, guilt 
that they don't want to make the conversation about them too much in that way. So they don't want to talk about like their negative stuff or yeah. 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 I don't know. I mean, I, I get that. Like I <clears throat> had to kind of like teach myself to talk about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I didn't like talking about myself. Um, and I also, I don't know. I also felt like if people talk too much about themselves, then they're like boring. Annoying. Yeah. <laughs> they're annoying. So I kind of strayed away from that, but I, I realized the importance of doing that, not just to build uh, relationships, but then also, like you were saying, to help maybe in a certain way. If people were able to feel um, better or just okay with how they're feeling because of your own experiences, then it was important to uh, share those experiences um, and we definitely we keep coming back to this idea of the importance of these human connections and then uh, like a community in general. And so uh, I, I feel that this is at the heart of Buddhism is that um, like I said, I mean, I said earlier that it's the study of the self. But when we really study ourselves, then we begin to realize that we are the culmination of the connections that we have in our life to things that are animate and inanimate but recognizing that our connections is what makes life worth living and so to look at oneself and recognize that then the purpose right our goal in life is to create and maintain these connections with the people that we have and ultimately that's where we end up finding uh, even more about ourselves is the, the the best way to learn the best teaching we have is living our life and uh, having these connections with people. So like that's why the temple is important, of course, to have like a community of people who are, um, what's the word? Who are motivated by the same way, mm. or they're connected in in the mm-hmm. same kind of motivations or the same framework that they're working within. Uh, the same kind of values. <clears throat> but uh, just with any people, any interaction that we have, it's important for us to really uh, be conscious of it. You know, they always say be in the moment, but then like to really appreciate it. Right. Uh, so again, like we we need to really emphasize how important these are to make them um, a priority in our life to learn from them, to try to be the best with them, and along with that comes with this idea of uh, authenticity, mm-hmm. um, being very authentic uh, people. And so, you know, we talked earlier about being authentic in the sense that we have to be authentic to our own feelings, right? Uh, but then also to be authentic in expressing our feelings. Yeah, yeah, and I think in that way, like that's the only way we make those real connections with people. Otherwise, it's kind of like what you're saying about like all our Facebook friends. So you have those friends where you're only sharing your like positive outcomes in life, but it's the people that you are able to share your negative times with and that can help build you back up where those are the real connections you want to make in life. And that's why like you have Michelle and like your family and things like that. And Mm -hmm. us, not me. I don't, I don't care about that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, there's definitely something to be said about people that you are willing to open up about uh, negative things, negative emotions, negative experiences. And those are the people, let's see, you open up to them because you know that they will 
be there for you. Mm-hmm. You know, not everyone is going to understand necessarily. You know, not everyone goes through the same thing, so it might be tough to actually be able to uh, connect in that way. Yeah, but there's a willingness to try to understand. Exactly, yeah. there, there, and the willingness to be there for you, even if they don't understand, or even if they don't agree. Right. Right. Like if they think. Um, Perhaps you're in the wrong or something like that, but yeah. they're they're willing to be there for you. Yeah, they're also willing to call you out yeah. when you're. <laughs> <laughs> so that that idea that uh, being uh, authentic with people uh, with your um, bad experiences also mm-hmm. um, trusting, I suppose enough. That's a good word. Yeah, to, like, trust people enough to to, to be there for you. Uh, that's where you get these really meaningful. Um, yeah. relationships. Yeah, I think I think there will always be people that you trust that end up kind of violating that or not understanding you, but it's the people that you can actually have like a real trust in or a real conversation with that or you can forge that relationship with and hopefully, you know, keep them in your life. Yeah. In absolutely. that way. I don't know. Do you think there's like what can we do to I don't know, make unhappiness more acceptable in our lives? Is there a way you think we can do that? Well, one of them, like, you know, the like the first noble truth where it's like life is suffering. The first is just to kind of come to terms with it. Yeah. Where, like, if you if your first response to unhappiness is, I shouldn't be feeling this way or I need to feel a different way, mm-hmm. then that will be very detrimental. Right. So, like, the first step when you feel unhappiness is, like, this is okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and I suppose even just recognizing that you're unhappy is important too, mm-hmm. right? So recognize you're, you're unhappy, being okay with it, understanding that's a part of life. That's like the first big step because when you can start like feeling it, mm-hmm. then uh, you can start working towards getting past that feeling. Right. And it's tough because there's never one answer, you know, for people to be like, oh, if you're happy, then do A, B, and C. And yeah. Like, you'll be fine. Everyone has to deal with every situation they come up with differently. Yeah. Because even if you know what will make you happy, you know, sometimes it's not going to work or sometimes it'll be too much or something like that. But, <clears throat> you know, if we look at ourselves, we look at um, how we're feeling a certain way. And then try to work through it like that way. I think it's a good start. And like we were talking about, you know, talking to people um, to help support us. I think that's the the other big thing mm-hmm. is if we can find, if we can maintain a very healthy, um, strong support system, mm-hmm. uh, that would also be uh, very important. Right. So like uh, finding people like we were talking about that you can trust to be there for you and um, support you in the way that you need to be supported, mm-hmm. then that uh, also, of course, will help um, to work with any kind of unhappiness that you've got. Right. Go yeah. Ahead. Oh, go ahead. Um, no, I, I think like the last thing I was going to say was just that I don't know that if we are always like constantly feeling happy or I don't know if we constantly have to fake happiness. Like, when do we ever experience like true oh, yeah. happiness? You know what I mean? Because there's like that duality to happiness that there, ha- if there's happiness or like, I guess middle, I don't know, that we have to feel unhappy t- at times too, right? So then, I guess the other thing is like, I don't know, how do we feel true happiness in that way? Well, really, I think in order to feel true happiness, you have to feel unhappiness. 
And so in that, I mean, that's maybe another way to cope with unhappiness as well. But like to recognize that there is no joy without sadness. Yeah. And I don't think it's like a coping mechanism. It's more just like the true feeling of sadness makes the true feeling of happiness that much more real. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we we talked about... uh, people coming together during funerals and, you know, they're passing away. And so the people who are the most sad are the people who were the most happy Mm -hmm. with that person, right? They meant so much to them and that's why they're sad. And like, that's important because if you aren't sad, Mm -hmm. if you, you know, aren't uh, unhappy with it, then how much did that person really mean to you? Yeah. You know, so like that, no one, obviously, no one likes feeling sad. No one wants to lose anyone. Mm-hmm. But when we do inevitably lose people in our lives, uh, to feel that is just a sign of how much we cared, how much they cared for us. Right. So, like, that, in that sense that, you know, it's it's two sides of the same coin where if you didn't have all of this joy, if you didn't mm-hmm. have all these wonderful times, you wouldn't be so sad. Yeah. And so, like, are you willing to give up, you know, all that happiness mm-hmm. to not feel the sadness yeah and i think like in a less extreme way like we talked about funerals and weddings i think like for a wedding too it's kind of like you've put in so much like i don't know emotional time into like relationships growing up that you've had like failed ones and you've had like successful ones that like finding someone that you want to be with the rest of your life is that culmination of like true happiness that like you've gone through all this struggle to get to this point Mm-hmm. And this is like the person that you're like, oh, yeah, I want to spend the rest of my life with them kind of thing. Yeah. And in that way, like that is finding true happiness with maybe without, I don't know, feeling the extreme of like sadness in that way. Because I think there is a way to find one without the other at times. Well, I mean, like you were saying, there's all that struggle. Yeah. Which, yeah, yeah. which uh, makes it worth it. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if it was so easy to find someone and be married then like it wouldn't be so emotional you wouldn't feel so um i don't know lucky or or happy that you were able to find this person because it it wasn't any trouble at all Mm -hmm. (laughs) whereas like you you do have these struggles and so it makes it worth it right like if you Mm -hmm. had everything handed to you nothing would be worth it yeah and so like again that that happiness comes from not necessarily unhappiness although i suppose you could see it as unhappiness but like struggle yeah so yeah and i think in that way like the struggle in itself kind of like pushes us isn't the right phrase but kind of like i guess leads us Mm -hmm. to like finding a way to be or finding happiness in our lives in that way yeah well i think uh to to make it maybe push it even further the struggle is the happiness Mm mm-hmm uh, that it's not that after we struggle for a long time that we eventually get happiness because, um, you know, the wedding is one day, but then you're in the relationship still for the rest of your life, yeah. supposedly. Yeah. Uh, but, like, that that doesn't mean the struggle stops, right? Right. Maybe yeah, exactly. you're not dating um, other people anymore mm-hmm. or, you know, breaking up anymore, but there's still a struggle through uh, maintaining a relationship. Yeah. And that struggle is... The, the source of the happiness. It's mm-hmm. because you struggle that you have um, the happiness because you put in the work. Yeah. It becomes worth it. Yeah. And I think it's more so maybe like 
culturally realizing that like happiness isn't the goal, mm-hmm. but it is a, I don't know, point in our life. Cause that's kind of the Buddhist way to think of it. Right. That like happiness comes and goes, but you still have to live your life regardless of how you feel in that way. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think, I think like as a, I don't know, as a culture, as a community, we kind of say like, if you do all these things, you're going to be happy, mm-hmm. but you'll momentarily be happy and it's not really like you'll just be there for the rest of your life. It's always the constant like working to get back there and work to, I don't know, experience right moments of happiness. Absolutely. And then so to uh, bring it back full circle, uh, this idea of having a struggle to find these genuine moments of happiness, that's why uh, people who work at these jobs and they have to fake these relationships, these momentary relationships, why it's so difficult emotionally for them to handle it is because you put in this work and for what? Nothing, right? Whereas Mm -hmm. like people who are in jobs where you put in work and you feel fulfilled, they get something out of it. Uh, So like ultimately it's important for us to recognize that a, there is going to be unhappiness mm-hmm. in life, that there is going to be a struggle, but B, we have to find those relationships, those people in our lives who are going to make the struggle, they're going to make the unhappiness uh, worth it. Right. It's going to be fulfilling. And uh, like you were saying, ultimately, Buddhism, <clears throat> the, the goal is to find like a fulfilled life. It isn't to find a happy life. Mm -hmm. It isn't to find something where you're never going to be unhappy or stressed or anything ever again. Those are all parts of life. But if you can find a way of life that is the most fulfilling to you, that's what's going to make life worth living. And so, you know, I would, um, from my point of view, argue that the most fulfilling lives are the ones that have very meaningful personal relationships. Um, I think Buddhism tries to push us to recognize that the world is much bigger than any individual. And so if we can look past ourselves and try to make those meaningful bonds with people, that's what will have uh, the most fulfilling and meaningful life. So uh, I guess to, to kind of try to wrap it up, um, if we continue to try to be authentic, if we continue to try to be uh, genuine and to surround ourselves with people that we, we trust, um, it'll be easier i suppose to deal with unhappiness um it'll be more fun to experience happiness and that's what will make our life feel like it's worth living nice <laughs> way to way to bring that full circle all right all right you go ahead okay uh Do you your can thing. you can find me on instagram RevMattHama. you can find me on twitter RevMattHama. oh man i was i've had like a bunch of stuff that i wanted to tweet and i didn't tweet it but Oh, just well. got to do it, man. I know. You got to commit to doing it. I know. Although I have taken like a hiatus from uh, Twitter. Maybe, maybe, do I, is it on the watch? Can you put it on the watch? What, Twitter? Can you tweet from the watch? Yeah. I think so. Okay. Well, I got to learn how to tweet from the watch because if I can just like tweet stuff from my watch, that'd be great. If I don't have to like pull on my phone and like open that and everything. Yeah. Just, yeah. Oh. Or maybe you should just make a, no, wait, never mind. Maybe you should just put it on your dock on the bottom of your phone so that's always there. Oh, yeah. And, maybe. Like, yeah. Something. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you can find me on Instagram. Twitter at the underscore matinator. I don't know. That's, yeah. that's all I use. I got all right. I'll I'll say that I'm trying to revamp the the YouTube. So 
I like kind of forced myself to take responsibility for that. Yeah, but, you guys should start telling him when's the YouTube videos yeah. going up. That was funny. One of the, somebody came up to me and they were like, "Hey, my daughter found you on YouTube. She's watching the videos. You got to make more videos so you can watch on YouTube." I was like, oh, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> were you like, uh, I stopped doing that like almost a year ago? Yeah, I. But somehow she found it. Yeah, recently, I suppose. I don't that's know. all right. Yeah. we'll get to it. We'll hop on it. If yep. anybody wants to be a guest on Matt's uh, YouTube yeah. channel, yeah. just uh, let us know. We need new voices yeah. and faces. So, yeah. All right. Outro. All right. Uh, we don't have one still. We still, yeah, no outro. Working on it. Play the intro music again. All right. Well, what's the opposite of welcome? Goodbye. Good Goodbye, Matt's. That sounds sad. All right. Un- unwelcome, unwelcome Matt's. Matt's. Play the music. Okay. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back.